fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and each show we begin with gratitude. Today, I'm grateful for all the mama bears out there fighting for our children all around the world, and particularly the mama bears out there who are doing so while taking care of vaccine-injured children. Folks, I know this week we said we were going to talk a little bit about detoxification. I got a great interview coming with Tia Severino, host of the People's Truth on UI Media Network and founder of the Next Steps Conference, June 3rd to 4th in Atlanta, Georgia. I wanted to get that out to you right away. We will talk about detoxification next week. And then in the future weeks, we're going to start talking about the pathway for recovering from injury, injuries caused by the experimental mRNA shots. We've got some great stuff to share with you in the coming weeks. So make sure you stay tuned in. You know, we have uh, an event coming up, COVIDCon and beyond, uh, May 12th through May 14th. And you can go to beyondthecon.com to check it out, of course. But what I wanted to share with you is that's when we're going to really do a great job of putting out there for the world to see what we've learned so far about healing from these shots. And I think that's what's so important because we have all these mama bears out there who have dealt with this for a long time. We have a lot of people out there now that are scared about what's actually in their bodies. And we want to show you how to do something about it. But what's really cool is the inspiration always comes from the mama bears. Why? Because especially for mama bears of vaccine injured children, they have to run a marathon every single day. And at the end of that marathon, they have to, at the end of the day, and it's all said and done and they've run the marathon, they have no guarantees that what they're doing is going to bear fruit for their children and they still do it. And then they have to do it again the next day without that guarantee. And you have to understand the amount of love that it takes to do that every single day for your children. And there are no off days. You can't have any bad days. You know, I love mama bears so much and I'm so protective of mama bears for those reasons. You see, I was there in Oregon in 3063, uh, excuse me, in 2019 to fight the bill 3063, where they were trying to force mandate all children, similar to what they were doing in California. I saw that there were five rooms filled with mama bears bringing their vaccine injured children and how the elected officials on those committees didn't care about them. And it just pissed me off to no end. So I have a special place in my heart for mama bears because my mom was a mama bear and she protected me after I got injured by the uh, MMR shot when I was 13 and almost killed by it. She said, no more, that's enough. So what I want to pass on to everybody, and I want to save a lot of time to get into the interview with Tia because you're going to meet her and she's an incredible mama bear. 
we're going to go in the health freedom movement as far as mama bears can take us. And because there's so much love that they have, I know they're going to take us all the way home to freedom for everyone. Because what's really going on here is mama bears are the heartbeat of our movement. And we got to remember that it's not the doctors like me. It's not the famous names and celebrities. It's not the media personalities and all that stuff. It's the mama bears who are the heartbeat of this movement. And we got to make sure we're protecting them and respecting them along the way. What I love about a mama bear is that when their cubs are threatened, that's when they roar. And that's when we get to see what love really looks like in action. And sometimes it ain't pretty, sometimes it ain't nice, but it's always done for the right reasons. So I want to say starting out, thank you, Mama Bears, for everything you're doing. I love you so much. And I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm supporting you and your children all along the way. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Sickness is slavery, but health is freedom. So are you ready to take control of your health and rediscover what true freedom feels like? Well, at EHI, we offer amazing courses in holistic nutrition, vaccine education, medical cannabis, and energetic cellular detoxification, and even fasting. Learn what every doctor should know, learn from people who really care, and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We'll be right back with Tia Severino and Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So continuing with our theme of moving from sickness and slavery into health and freedom, we're joined today by a very special guest, Tia Severino. She's the host of the People's Truth uh, show on the UI Media Network and founder of Next Steps Conference, which is going to be held June 3rd and June 4th in Atlanta, Georgia. And she's here to talk with us today about how we can shift this paradigm from outrage into productive action. Tia, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, I want the audience to really get a good sense of who you are. So much, so many of us, we do all this work and a lot of us do a lot of good work in the background, but not everybody knows what we do and everything. So let's give the audience a really good feel for who you are and all the great work you've been doing for years on this. Okay. Sure. So thanks. first of all, we all got into this health freedom movement for a lot of different reasons. What, when did you get in and what inspired you to get into the health freedom movement? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I am a, a mother of two beautiful vaccine injured kids. Um, my son, who is 15 and a half, was injured by four vaccines that he was given when he was less than six months old. And he was uh, stopped when he was six months old. I, was, I thought I was doing the cautious route by just doing one at a time and spreading them out. 
uh, but I did stop vaccinating him at six months. And uh, at two years old, he was diagnosed with autism. My daughter is 32 and she also is on the autism spectrum, but her autism was missed until she was about 27 years old. So um, I've also experienced vaccine injury. And when my son was diagnosed, it was back in 2008. And uh, the first thing that I decided to do was to jump into action. And so I actually did my first event back in 2009 and it was called Aid for Autism. And it was a all day music festival with nine different bands, all different genres. We had a film that I made and, and it was just like, my, not everybody, gets into activism by doing a huge event. Um, I sure learned a lot of lessons from that event. It wasn't, uh, I learned a lot of lessons. Let me just put it that way. It was a great event, um, but I learned a lot from it. And um, and so, you know, that was really what kind of launched me into it. And then 2016, when Vaxxed came out, when I heard about Vaxxed, uh, it was going to be shown at the Tribeca Film Festival. And I had reached out at that point to Brian Burroughs, who, who was the editor of, of, of Vaxxed, and uh, started communicating with him and saying, hey, we've got to have this film here in Atlanta. It's the backyard of the CDC, and, and we've, just, we've got to have it here. So I sprung into action. I, I started a group here in, uh, called Vaxxed Atlanta to, to get Vaxxed to Atlanta, Took about six weeks, but we did have a two-week run here at the Midtown Art Cinema, and that was when I met Polly and Dell and Brian, and they basically kind of took me into the fold. After I was successful at getting back to my city, I had people reaching out to me from all over the country wanting to know how I did it. And so I kind of basically used what I did as a template and helped about 30 other communities in other states around the country do the same thing I did and get vaxxed to their to their city. Now, during this time, you know, they had really realized that they couldn't fly everywhere. They were spending so much time in airports that they bought a bus and they started traveling around the country. So a lot of these groups that I was helping actually took them a little while to get to actually have the, the film in their town. And by that point, they had the bus. And so the bus was riding around and people were coming out and they were telling their, their vaccine injury stories. For anybody who hasn't watched the movie Vaxxed, it is still pertinent today because it is the story of a whistleblower at the CDC who came forward after over a decade and, and started confessing that he and his colleagues had committed fraud on the largest study the CDC had ever done, looking at the question, does do vaccines cause autism specifically does the MMR cause autism when it's given on the CDC schedule between 12 and 18 months versus waiting until the child is over three years old. And what they found was a statistically significant increased risk, especially for African-American males. And they spent two years uh, behind closed doors, trashing the data, you know, trashing, literally bringing a trash can in and throwing the data, the papers in the trash can. They, they tried to make this thing go away, this signal that they, they couldn't. They ended up just eliminating half of the kids in the study. I mean, it was just a big mess. And so a lot of people woke up with that movie when they realized, oh, wow, you know, the CDC has been lying. They've been lying mm -hmm. for all these years. And now 
now we're talking 16 years that the CDC has put the research back. You know, at the time when VAX came out, you could hear Dr. William Thompson in recorded conversation with Dr. Brian Hooker confessing, oh my God, I can't believe what we, we did, what we did, but we did. We put the data 10 years behind. I have immense guilt whenever I meet a family who has children, who has a child with autism, because I know I was part of the problem. So um, what, what VAX did though, it was beyond just having a film. Because of these little grassroots communities like mine and the ones that I helped, we started to come together. We started to connect in a way that we hadn't ever before. And I'm talking, you know, within the community itself, within like, say here in Georgia, um, it brought all the Georgia activists and warriors together. I made so many friends when Bax came to town that are still my friends today. And I consider like, you know, some of my best friends, but it also connected us around the country. You know, we all were doing this thing where we were coming together, sharing our stories. And, you know, that they really, really <laughs> messed up when they censored this thing because if this thing had played at Tribeca that would have been it it would have been like a flash in the pan and gone but because they censored it and we had to step up to organize to get the film to our cities we formed connections a lot of those groups that started out as bring vax to whatever city or whatever city vaxed like mine was vaxed Atlanta but there was a lot of a lot of groups that were like bring vax to Knoxville or bring vax to you know whatever city a lot of those groups after Vax had come and gone, they shifted the purpose of their group into advocacy and act and, and um, you know, either getting involved in education and outrage or legislative actions. We've got a lot of great state groups that were born out of the movie Vax. And then when the when the when the filmmakers were traveling around the country in this bus, people were coming to the bus in droves they would they would stop and there would literally be a line of people waiting to tell their story so let's get um, in it. let me let me jump in let, let's get into yeah. that in, in one second here yeah because I, I i want us before we get into that that's such a crucial point especially with everything that's going on today the stories right because we, we we're getting lost in the numbers and we're not we're not connecting that every single number is a story. 1.2 yep. million adverse events, at least. There's a story there. There's a story yep. of how it impacted a family. Over 150,000 people have been hospitalized after getting the COVID shots. There's a story there. And we're, yeah. we're just looking at it as numbers and, oh, well, it's just 100. It's, it, we're into this war mentality of, of you know, acceptable mm -hmm. casualties. And that's not medicine. Medicine is do no harm. It's a very different background. So what, what you said in there that really touched touched me was, you know, Tribeca, if they would have just played it, it would have been a flash in a pan and we're done. Mm -hmm. But because they didn't, they gave us this gift of forcing us to do something. They gave us this yep. gift of forcing us to get involved and get this out. Can you mm -hmm. speak a little bit more about the collaboration and, and the energy, of, how important the energy of collaboration is in terms of getting a movement to a, a point of critical mass and getting a, a movement to a point where change does happen as a result mm -hmm. of all the effort and energy put in. What can you, what can you speak to about that? Well, I can say that it gave just going back to Vax when Vax came out and we had these mama bears like myself who were like, I have a vaccine injured kid and 
I need to see this movie and I need to get people around me to go see this movie so that they will understand what I'm dealing with. And so that they, so that I will lose that feeling of being alone. So we're so isolated. If you have an injury in your family, it isolates you. I'll give you an example. When my son was diagnosed, when he was, uh, he had a little buddy in town, just in the same neighborhood where I was that he was born three weeks before Luke. So he was three weeks older than Luke and they were buddies. I was friends with his mom and we would get together play dates and just hit, you know, her, her boy was developing and mine was not hitting those same milestones. And when I got the diagnosis, it just sort of like we drifted apart. Like we don't, we no longer had anything in common. And whenever I would go around there, it would be kind of depressing because I would see that her son was talking and her son was doing this and mine wasn't. And it, it's very isolating. So when Vaxxed came out and we all came together in our various cities around the country to see Vaxxed and to meet, you know, to meet the other families with injuries, we, we formed like a tribe kind of mentality. So now we're not alone. Even though we may be separated by miles, we're not alone. We, we know that there's others that have gone through that same thing. And it also gives us purpose because now we have something that we can actually come back. And I used to say when the film came out, I used to say over and over again, Vaxxed is, is changing the narrative around vaccines and autism because you actually have something that you can point to and say, look, the CDC has been lying to us and hiding this for over now 16 years. So, you know, we're talking about 16 years later, they have not done anything to, to um, kind of rein back the MMR program. As a matter of fact, they did everything they could to destroy Vaxxed and, you know, um, and discredit Vaxxed and every article that was written about it made it a movie about yeah. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like that same thing they did with the Great Barrington Declaration, right? Yeah. It's the same playbook we're seeing yep. again and again. The CDC yep. lies, the CDC destroys information, the CDC participates in fraud, yep. and then the CDC spends American taxpayer dollars in violent attempts to discredit people who are yep. telling the truth, right? Absolutely. It's the same playbook over and over again. Are, yep. is, am I missing something? No, they've just got new people to beat up on. It's not just Andy Wakefield anymore. You know, Dr. Andrew Wakefield was the, the whipping child of the poster boy, whipper, whipping child of the pharmaceutical industry for two decades because he dared to come out and say, hey, you know, I did this study and eight out of the 12 kids that were in the study, the parents reported that their kid developed a severe bowel disorder and autism after getting the MMR. We might want to look at the MMR. They rather than destroy, you know, rather than um, walk back the MMR program and allow parents to choose single dose vaccines or not, you know, they just decided to completely destroy this man's career. And for a long time, he was, you couldn't read an article about vaccines uh, without a reference to that fraudulent doctor who, you know, lost his medical license in, in England because of, you know, this fraudulent study that he did. There was no fraud in the study. There was fraud in the, um, the stripping him of his license. That's where the fraud was committed. But they've got new whipping children now. They've got the, they've got Dr. Malone. They've got, um, well, you know, any of the frontline doctors, you've got pretty much anybody who comes up and says, hey, you know, this, uh, the science around this COVID stuff, it doesn't seem to be solid. And you know, I wanted to say something 
as we're we're going, we're going to talk about Vax too, but I want to, you know, people are waking up right now because of COVID and they, they're saying, oh, well, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just anti this vaccine. But what we learned when we went, when we were going around the country collecting these vaccine injuries uh, stories is that um, it's not just the MMR, it's the DTP and the DTAP vaccine. It's the Gardasil vaccine. It's the barrage of multiple doses of vaccines given at the two, four and six month and 12 month marks. And that have never been tested. For none of them have been tested. None of them have been tested. And I, I want to say, if you are waking up because you don't want this new technology because you think it hasn't been tested, let, let, you know, I, I'm, I've been accused of being a, a Trump supporter. Uh, I will say I do like him better than the guy in office right now. But one thing he did do with Operation Warp, Warp Speed is that he put a panoramic camera vision around the making of the sausage when it comes to vaccines. And people are like, oh, my God, you know, this thing hasn't been tested. Well, guess what? None of the vaccines on the program have been properly safety tested. They've all been tested with a false placebo, another vaccine instead of a saline injection. And in many cases, um, like what's happening now with the COVID vaccine, they are unblinding the study. In other words, they're going back to the participants who got the placebo, which in this case would be a different vaccine, and telling them, hey, you didn't get the vaccine that was in the study. Let's give it to you now, which completely destroys any control group. And actually, in the case of like Gardasil, where they were giving a you know, a different vaccine. I think it was meningitis, but I could be wrong. Um, when they came back, now that meningitis vaccine has a horrible safety profile, horrible safety profile. And there so they had one vaccine that has a good safety profile. Exactly. But when they pick a really bad one to compare the vaccine right. against and they say, oh, right. there's no statistically significant difference in between these two groups. Well, both of them got poisoned. So what do you expect? Right. And then when you go back to the first group and say, hey, you didn't get the vaccine, you want it now and they give it to them then they're getting two doses of poison. So the control group is always going to look worse than the, 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 the group that gets the actual uh, test fraud. drug. It's, it's fraud. It's, it's, it's experimental scientific fraud is what they're doing. And the fraud yeah, shows absolutely. up in their testing methodology. Yep. It's always been very clear. Like you say, we need to have a true control group. Put, a, put, the, put the product you're testing up against saline. And then you have a true control group. And then right. let the control group be left alone for X amount of years so that right. you can assess long-term. The reason they yeah. wanted to get the needles in the arms for the control group for the gene modification shots was because they knew that the gene modification shots didn't work. So they're yeah. like, if we eliminate the control group, now it makes it really hard for a comparison. Yeah. And, and we can do it under this altruistic guise of why would we prevent anyone from having this miracle life-saving product? Well, this miracle life-saving product, number one, has never been properly tested. Number two, the clinical trials show that thousands of participants were removed, like they always do, mm -hmm. that, that were, were injured by this, and that it doesn't stop or prevent the infection. It doesn't right. prevent hospitalization. It doesn't prevent death, but it does and lead to significant levels of injury, significant. And we're yep. talking high percentage of injuries with this. Oh yeah. This More than all the other vaccines combined over the past 30 years that we've been tracking them which, with the VAERS program, which is enough that, that right there should be enough, right? If, it if, should. If, 30 years of data with all kinds of, of shots administered for decades, 
And this in one year has exceeded all of those safety, all of those safety signals combined. Yeah. But yet they keep, they keep repeating the same stupid phrase, safe and effective, safe. And and it's not about public health. It's never been about public health. There's something else that's much more nefarious going on here. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone when you consider the fact that the key players in this uh, drama have all very openly stated that they are for population reduction. They are for the reduction of the population and they are going to get it through whatever means necessary. If they can't get a vaccine into the arm of every human on this planet, the next thing's going to be wars and famines. And they're already talking about the next pandemic. I don't know if you've seen the statistics, but pandemics, generally speaking, don't come around year over year. You know, like you have a major pandemic and then you don't have one for 20, 30, 40 years. Well, Tia, they also don't happen when there's adequate sanitation and plumbing and things of that nature. I mean, all of them historically fell off the cliff as the advent of plumbing and sanitation came on. But of course, the vaccine manufacturers ran and took all the credit for that. Here, we're going to go. We we got to go to break. If you're going to make if you're going to make that statement, you have to recognize Dr. Suzanne Humphreys and Roman Bistrionic's work in dissolving illusions for anyone that wants to know the true history of the vaccines and what really really caused the the reduction in disease. Absolutely brilliant book and so obvious that it should be a joke. It should be laughable for anybody who isn't a plumber, isn't in sanitation, (laughs) taking credit for the reduction in in. Uh, infectious disease. We're going to be right back, but I I wanted to end on this note before we go to break. What you're hearing, folks, is the heartbeat of our movement, of this health freedom movement. I've been saying for a long time, it's the mama bears. It's the mama bears who are the heartbeat because the mama bears have been in the trenches with their children injured and fighting for everyone's freedom to fighting for people to wake up and realize that what is in those needles is not safe, is not effective, and can lead to really destructive consequences, let alone the corruption, but the corruption with evil intent. All of that is potentially important. And so it's these mama bears like Tia who've lived this, that, that story you told Tia about having about basically losing a friendship because when you go over there, it hurts. It hurts to see that your child is not developing the way another child was lucky enough to develop. It's that experience that puts mama bears at the forefront as the heartbeat of what we are doing because they've lived it every single day. There are, when you're a mama bear and you have an injured child, there are no days off. Right. You don't get any days off. So when you hear a mama bear speaking passionately, don't be put off by what the mama bear is saying. Listen to what she's really saying. She's saying, I care about you and your child enough to want to warn you so that you don't experience the same thing I've had to go through. That's what's so passionate and so powerful about our mama bears and why we have to circle around our mama bears now and protect them because they've been holding the line tirelessly for decades on this. And it's time we finally brought some cavalry to help them fight this fight. Folks, we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Um, Powerful stuff. Tia, when you come back, I want to talk about the experiences you had on Vax2 and especially the stories 
of injury that have stood out for you. These are very, very powerful. And I want to make sure we get those. Okay. We'll be right back with more energetic health radio right after these messages. Redfield, Azar, Moyer, Walensky, Becerra. These are the CDC and HHS directors. And of course, Moyer for the NBSS who have been served, served as defendants in the first federal grand jury petition filed in the Ninth Circuit Court, thanks to your generosity in supporting our work on this topic, our work alleging criminal fraud, our work alleging criminal willful misconduct by these appointed government officials. That's right, folks, your dollars have gone to make a real difference, and they're making a big difference in other ways too. Your dollars are going to help children injured by the mRNA shots, parents injured by the mRNA shots, and help them get into recovery. And more importantly, your dollars are going to make sure that this never happens again. Well, we have a new event coming up, COVIDCon and beyond, where you can make a difference once more. May 12th to May 14th in Live Oaks, California at the Church of Glad Tidings, both in person and virtual online, we're putting on our next major event. Join us with Dr. David Martin, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Kerry Madej, Kevin Jenkins, Tom Renz, and yours truly, and of course, many more people who are going to be speaking out on how we can help you move from sickness and slavery into health and freedom. This isn't about rehashing what you already know. It's about having the courage to move beyond the BS. So go to beyondthecon.com and register and know that your dollars go to help all of these different causes, help people recover from injuries, help pursue justice, and help make sure this never happens again. Go to beyondthecon.com to get yourself educated on the criminal allegations we've set forth. Get yourself some free health information available on the site, including what we just put out, my uh, uh, 16 principles for eating healthy, a free ebook, 40 pages long. You're going to love it, folks. And make sure when you're there that you register for COVIDCon and beyond so we can make sure that your dollars continue to make a real difference. Let's enjoy the fight. Let's do what's right. And we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio and Tia Severino right after these messages. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed 
with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here once again with our special guest, Tia Severino. Tia, when we left, we wanted to talk a little bit about Vax2 and Vaxed. I think both of them are, are, are go hand in hand. But the stories, right? We, we don't want to get lost in the numbers. And you had told me off air some really fascinating stories that you came across with your work with Vaxed. Which stories Vaxed, Vax2 have really stood out for you and why? You know, when I watched the film Vaxxed, the story that really broke my heart the most was the one with uh, Sheila Lewis-Ely Sheila Lewis and her son, Temple. She had two twins. She had twins, a boy and a girl, and they went in for the vaccines. They had uh, three vaccines each laid out for them, and um, while the nurse was injecting her son, her daughter started moving around, and she went to you know, get her back in her car seat and looked up and one of the vaccines for her son was missing. And she's like, where did that vaccine go? And the nurse was like, oh my God, I, I gave it to him. So she had, the nurse had given the boy um, two vaccines. I think one of them was DTP. I, I could be wrong. Another vaccine, she doesn't say in the movie and the MMR and she'd given him the two doses of the MMR. So he had two doses of MMR and he immediately, she ran out um, with her daughter and never vaccinated her daughter. Her son ended up having seizures. He's severely autistic. He's an adult now. I think he's 21 or 22 years old and still watching Blue's Clues. And while, meanwhile, her daughter is, a, um, is trilingual and plays the piano like a concert pianist. And, you know, it's just the, the drastic differences between the two. It's heartbreaking. She breaks down in there and starts really crying about the the life that her son could have had. And that I don't think I've, I think even if I watched that movie today and I saw that scene, I would still cry because it's just it's so heart wrenching and you just want to reach out and grab a hold of her. And so these stories, there were several other stories in uh, Vaxxed that were amazing, but they all had to do with the MMR. When we got to Vax2, we were getting we were getting vaccine injury stories. Every single vaccine that you that's on the schedule, every single one, you know, uh, DTP, lots of lots and lots of injuries. With in fact, DT, DTP is one of the worst. Then um, Gardasil, all the vaccines they give to the babies. But the thing that really got me from Vax2, and what I think that the biggest takeaway from Vax2 was, is the health of the unvaccinated. We had people coming out that had, you know, two, three generations in their family. Nobody had had vaccines, and there was absolutely no health issues with these kids. They were bright, um, smart, uh, healthy, incredibly healthy, vibrant, vibrant health. You know, we're talking about we had families where they had a child that was injured and then they didn't vaccinate their next child or 
they had one child that was injured and then the second child started to get vaccines, but they stopped. And then they had more children that they didn't vaccinate. And the difference between the vaccinated and unvaccinated within the same household where you would think it's the same genetics, it's the same environment. So the only thing that's different is that some of the kids got the vaccines and some of them didn't. The ones that didn't they have no issues, not even an ear infection. OK, no allergies, nothing, no asthma, no seizures, no autism, nothing wrong with these kids. And, you know, thank goodness that those stories are in there because the, the stories of the babies dying and the, and the, the girls that get the vaccine, uh, the Gardasil vaccine and die. I mean, it's just you're you're in fact, when we had our when we had our screening here, I was giving out um, packages of, of tissues for people because you're going to cry. You're going to cry. So the, but those stories really are, you know, that's the lifeblood. They can't, you know, I was going to say they can't ignore those, but. We've gone to the CDC's ACIP meetings multiple times and brought many, many parents of vaccine injured and killed children, and they just, you know, don't even blink. So, I, yeah. I saw that firsthand as well. Um, I, I was involved in California in uh, Senate Bill 276 and trying to defeat that and forced me to move from California with my family to get to a state that I thought was sane, Oregon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and within a year, I was fighting 3063 for the, against the mandates. And we were yeah. fortunately able to defeat that with the help of some really brave Republican senators um, and, and representatives. Yeah. Uh, we were able to defeat that. But what was striking for me is during testimony, Tia, um, testimony against 3063 for the mandates, there were four rooms filled with yep. moms, mama bears and injured children giving testimony. Testimony went on for hours and hours. They yep. said it was the longest testimony session ever. And they still tried to move the bill forward in spite of that. Now, for me, I was injured at 13 and that was that's what did it for my mom. She was like, I almost died. I, I went into acute renal failure and seizures. Mm. Following, I think it was an MMR. I don't remember exactly which one. But, um, you know, it was just like my mom saw that and was like, you know, every time you get a shot, um, I would be wiped out for days every time I would. I, wow. I remember getting a shot when I was six or seven and um, going to my grandmother's house and just going straight into her bedroom, getting into the bed. I, I slept for over 24 hours. I didn't wow. wake up whole day. And my mom had seen enough of that. And she, you know, mama bears are the heartbeat, right? She was mm -hmm. like, that's enough. I, I'm not subjecting my son to this anymore. So I think for a lot of parents, unfortunately, the the revelation comes after through tragedy, yeah. you know, and I think that's the part that really sucks, especially when you realize that, you know, you've been lied to you, you're, we sh are supposed to be able to trust our government, we're supposed to, but when you realize, so <laughs> well, history doesn't support that, but I, I'm just, I'm talking, I'm talking yeah. altruistically. It would be we nice if we could. To. It'd be nice, but. The reality is who, if you have to live with the consequences, the person you're going to have to rely on and trust is yourself. And that's unfortunately right. where, where most mama bears start to land. Yep. Uh, Stephanie DeGary comes to mind um, as well. You know, uh, Maddie DeGary's Maddie's mother, mom. you know, mm -hmm. I talk to Stephanie all the time now and great person. And she has the same thought. I, I can't trust, I can't trust this anymore and I should be able to trust, but Let's let's get into uh, a little something else, because I want to save some time to talk yeah. about uh, Dr. Brian Artis at, at the end. I know you have some things that you want to say, and I want to give you that that form to do it. Um, so with this, first of all, I, I think let's learn a little bit about the people's truth, you know, okay. to show the people's truth. How can people find you and what are some popular topics they can look forward to tuning into when they listen? Sure. 
Sure. So when the fax bus retired, Polly said to me, Tia, I need someone to take over doing interviews. Will you, will you start doing interviews? And so I said, yes. And I stepped up and I started doing interviews on Peeps TV. And, um, and so uh, when I met Tim Ray of UI Media Network, uh, I, had to, I had an interview with Dr. Judy Mikovits and I couldn't do it the way I was no, no, normally do my interviews. So Tim said, hey, come into the studio and, and, you know, you can film it here. And so I did. And that day he said, you need your own show. So he brought me on and it's called The People's Truth, which is the, that's the title of VAX2. The, the working title for VAX2 is, is The People's Truth. Um, and so The People's Truth is it, it's just what it sounds like. It is an opportunity to hear from people and to hear their, to hear their truth. So Dr. Henry, you were on my show a few, well, there's been a couple of episodes back, you were on my show, I brought you on, and, and the, it's going to be amazing, amazing guests that you can go and watch, you can go to UI Media Network, and that's U as in United, I as in Intentions, UIMediaNetwork.org, just go there and look for the people's truth, I've been doing it for about two years, uh, I've interviewed such luminaries as Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Brian Hooker, Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Um, I mean, I'm just, just go and check it out. I mean, I'm going to feel bad about leaving some of these amazing people out, but we have covered a lot, mostly health freedom stuff, but I've also talked about, um, you know, things like uh, addiction, breast implant illness, uh, child sex trafficking. Um, I mean, you name it. So I'm, I'm not afraid of any of these topics that the mainstream media shies away from. I'm, I don't shy away from controversy. I uh, will have people on even knowing, oh my God, this is going to get pulled from the internet because, right. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, so it's great. And we have other conscious contact content on UI Media Network. So you can go check out Frequency Wars and Awaken Atlanta and some of the other shows that are on there. Really great stuff. Tim Ray um, is a great guy. He's actually helping me with the uh, conference that I have coming up uh, next well, tell step. Us, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that because uh, we have uh, you have the conference coming up, Atlanta, Georgia, yep. June 3rd and 4th, Next Steps Conference. What, so who's going to be at the event and, and what's it all about? Yeah, so uh, just like the name suggests, Next Steps is about getting into action. So it's different than probably any of the other conferences you've been to where you sit and listen to speakers and you go home with like your head full of all this knowledge. But what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do next. Um, so what we're doing is we're doing workshops. There's seven workshops. Legislative action. I have uh Don Richardson from the National Vaccine Information Center, Jill Hines with uh, Louisiana Health Choice, and uh, Nicole Johnson with Georgia Coalition for Vaccine Choice, going to talk about how to uh, find out who your legislators are and go form relationships with them and help to support good bills and fight bad bills. Then we have legal a legal update workshop with Mary Holland and Rolf Hazelhurst, two attorneys from Children's Health Defense, and Thomas Renz, who I'm sure a lot of people know who he is right now, is doing some amazing stuff. And they're going to be basically giving people an update on what's going on with the lawsuits that are happening right now and ways that people can get involved and take action and or support these efforts that are happening right now in the legal in the legal realm. Then we have Wake Up the Church with Shannon 
Dr. Shannon Croner, Pastor Patrick Collis, and Pastor Todd Coconado talking about how to approach your faith leaders to get them on board with protecting our religious exemptions because the church is failing us right now. Church, the church, religious exemptions are the only thing standing between us and total medical tyranny. And they're sound asleep at the wheel. So how do we wake them up? And how do you justify your religious exemption when you're oppressed by your employer or others, you know, to explain why, you know, your religion, your religious beliefs um, conflict with the vaccination program. Then we have community building with Michelle Ford, who has the organization Vaccine Injury Awareness League out in California. She's going to be uh, talking about actually um, common law and how we can kind of get out of the system as, as it relates to being a ward of the a bond of the Corporation of the United States. And uh, Derek Brose, who is an author, journalist, and filmmaker, and he has uh, the Conscious Resistance and the Pyramid of Power, which is a documentary series. The Conscious Resistance is a trilogy of books, and the Pyramid of Power is a docuseries basically looking at how it's all the same creeps under every rock you turn and the pyramid, if you, if you, if you will, the ones that are running the world. And he's going to be talking about building intentional communities. Then we have five different Georgia freedom, health freedom groups. Uh, they're going to very briefly share about their organizations. We have a VIP party dinner, a VIP dinner on Friday night. We have some amazing speakers that are coming in for that also. And then Saturday, we have real science with Dr. James Lyons Weiler Dr. Pam Popper, and who is this guy? Dr. Henry Ely. Ah, that's you. That, yes. that nut job. That <laughs> nut job is going to be there too. Huh? And uh, that workshop is about what went wrong with COVID science um, and how can you tell real science from fraud and propaganda. And then we have real medicine with Dr. Christiane Northrup, Dr. Peter McCullough, and Dr. Brian Artis. We're going to be talking about what went wrong with standard of care with COVID, not just with COVID, but it's actually standard of care protocols in hospitals have been killing people long before COVID. Um, also, how can you find you know, effective treatments? Because there's, there's definitely treatments available for, um, for COVID. People just need to know where to go to get them. And then we have the Shifting the Paradigm Workshop with Dr. Jennifer Margulis, Robert Scott Bell, and Del Bigtree. And we're launching the first ever UI Media Awards. We're recognizing journalistic excellence for those in the truth media. So it's going to be like our Oscars. And then there's a big shindig at the end for um, just, you know, kind of like an insider. Very party. cool. So you're getting a lot done in two days. Is what oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's it's, it's going to be a life changing event. And people are going to leave with over 100 next steps or action items that they can take and actually get out there and start making change. Very good. So get in where you fit in, folks. That's a next steps conference. Yep. And how do people find it? They say Google it or what's the website? Next, next steps. I just Googled the other day just to see, and it came up as number one. So I guess I'm doing something right with the website. Uh, it's next hyphen steps. And that's plural S T E P S next hyphen steps dot info. Dot info next hyphen steps dot info. So check it out, folks. It's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, June 3rd uh, and June 4th. A lot of great people up there. A lot of great intention, a lot of great, moving to the next step, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we, you mentioned one person in there and he's been 
the talk of the town. Controversy. Last, yeah, for the last <laughs> uh, couple of weeks. So we have a couple minutes left, and I, I, I wanted to give you a chance to give your insights and thoughts about uh, Dr. Brian Artis. I know you've uh, you've spoken with him, and and I wanted to give an opportunity to share what what you think and and what he's shared with you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I would like to consider Dr. Artis a friend. Um, I've met him and he's been on my show and we've had some conversations. He is, um, he is a loving, caring man. I think he has his heart in the right place. And he has recently come out with a theory, a working theory, hypothesis, whatever you want to call it, that there are, he just noticed that there's just so many similarities between the symptoms that we're calling COVID, the effects of the treatments that they're giving in the hospitals, namely remdesivir, and the uh, the injections. Uh, I don't like to call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine. Uh, it, the similarities between the maladies of all three of these um, groups that I just mentioned with snake venom poisoning. Okay. And um, I think that he's, he's done an incredible amount of research. And if people would take the time to actually look at the research and draw their own conclusions, they might come away from it with a little bit different attitude than the one that I've been seeing um, kind of tossed around, which is, oh, he's nuts. And this is, you know, this is a distraction. And I've heard controlled opposition and I've heard just all kinds of really not nice things. But it reminds me of a guy named Ignaz Simmelweis. You, you remember who Ignaz Simmelweis was? Not off the top of my head. So Ignaz Simmelweis was a, was a doctor, and he, um, at the time, when and I forget exactly what time, I think it was in the 1800s, he noticed that women were dying from a per, what they call purpural fever, which is childbed birth, you know, basically women were getting infections and dying about 25 to 30% of women that went into the hospital to give birth were dying. And at the time it was standard practice for doctors to basically be dissecting in the morgue cadavers and then go straight from the morgue to the delivery room to deliver the babies. And Dr. Simon, I suggested, Hey, you know, maybe we should wash our hands. Okay, we should wash and disinfect our hands after playing with dead bodies before we go and bring help bring a baby into this world. And for that suggestion, he actually instituted a hand washing program and the the deaths, uh, the childbirth deaths went to zero. Okay, so you would think that he would be celebrated um, for having discovered the cause of these deaths and a, a way to prevent them. But instead he was run out of town. He had his career destroyed and he died in a mental institution. Today, we know, we know that you have to wash your hands before surgery or, you know, delivery or anything like this. And unfortunately okay, his vindication <laughs> did not come uh, during his lifetime. I hope that we've gotten to a point as a society that we can recognize things sooner. So at the time, the doctors that were his contemporaries, Dr. Simon Weiss, 
they did not like him because it suggested that maybe it was something they were doing that was causing the deaths. And so it, rather than uh, change their behavior and acknowledge that there was this mistake that was being made, they destroyed this man's career. And I see similarities here, okay? I think that it is definitely worth at least the time and attention to research. If you aren't going to do the research, then keep your mouth shut. You don't need to come out and say this is hogwash after you've, you know, watched maybe, you know, two hours of, of interview and, you know, the whole time you're watching the interview, you're writing down why it's wrong, you know, stop, just stop and take a look at this thing. If you haven't spent the time to actually research it and come up with a better answer, then maybe you should just be quiet is my thinking. But, you know, everybody has a right to say what they want to say. I just find, you know, I find things like, oh, I can't get this two and a half hours that I've spent researching to debunk this nonsense back. When you're talking about somebody that spent four months researching and not getting very much sleep during that time, because, you know, these are some pretty scary things to be thinking about. Yeah. What if it is? You know, we do know for sure that snake DNA uh, is in the COVID sequencing, along with some other things like HIV. Like, why is that in there? And this is obviously a Franken virus, okay, bioweapon that's been, you know, spliced and diced and put together. So why is it so far-fetched for people to think, you know, right. if, I don't know. I right, mean, right, my, right. Right. I'm me, not. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up your thought. I'm not saying that I'm 100% on board and I think that absolutely he is absolutely right. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I know enough to say when I don't know, you know, I'm interested in finding out more about it and seeing how it plays out. So I'm not endorsing it, nor am I, you know, what's the opposite of endorsing? Um, poo-pooing it. You're not poo-pooing, I'm not poo-pooing, it, poo-pooing it. I'm it just either. saying, let's right. find out what it is. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for that. First of all, thanks for being here and thanks for speaking passionately. And thank you for all the work that you've done for years in this movement. It gives you a right to speak. Thank you for doing all that in spite of being a mother of children who are injured and all of the incredible amount of time and energy that that takes that you still said, I'm going to give even more to help other people. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, as it pertains to uh, Dr. Artis, I, I, my stance on it has been that it's plausible. It needs more um, research and more validation as, as it is. It's a theory. Yep. But what I saw was that it's, a, it's an expression of, of science, of scientific method. A person right. puts out a theory and then people can challenge a theory or support right. the theory and but you have to do it with substantive evidence in, yes. in either direction. It's not just an opinion. Opinions don't suffice when it comes right. to science. It has to have evidence behind. That's why we say evidence based. Yep. And so what 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 I looked at with this was I said, you know, this is this is science at work right here. This is imagine if we had used this process that uh, where you know Fauci puts out this mask stupid theory. Uh, in in April, and we actually allow every doctor to weigh in, every scientist to weigh in on it, and we get to what the actual answer right. should be instead of just one person on a pedestal gets to decide for everybody what's going to go down. You know, right? If we had allowed, if we allow science 
to do what it, it does. Science has a very incredible job in its purest form of finding the truth. It has the incredible uh, you know, ability to do that if we let it. So that means that I agree with you, people, anybody that's attacking Dr. Artis as a, a person, I think that's BS, right? right? But if you're attacking and criticizing the theory with substance, then I respect that. Right. Like, Me too. That's totally fair. You know, and that's where my stance has been, is been like, look, I'm not going to attack a person, especially a person who's doing good in the world. But I do think it's fair game for any of us to attack each other's theories on things, because that's how if, we're, if our true pursuit is getting to the truth, right. then we, we should welcome that. That's what we want. Like if I'm right. saying something that I believe to be true and I've done all this research on and somebody can counter it, I want to hear what that counter is Me so too. that we can have a, we can have a productive discussion about it. And in that sense, I think what we've gotten to is a lot of good conversation. And, uh, you know, and as far as Dr. Artis is concerned, I hope that he weathers this storm and comes out even stronger for it. You know, I think that's possible as well, but you know, God yes. only puts on our plate what we can eat. You know, Amen. so sometimes we have to be, we're, we're a little more hungry than we think we are, I guess, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. All right. Well, Tia, thank you so Absolutely. much for being here. Um, it's been a pleasure. And everybody, once again, check out next-steps.info uh, to uh, join us at the Atlanta, Georgia event, June 3rd to June 4th. Um, a lot of great things are going to be happening there. And, uh, and I think there's going to be a wonderful step forward. Um, at that event. So Tia, thank you very much, folks. We'll be right back with my final Wait, thoughts. don't forget, don't forget, you've got to tell them to use the code ELY, E-L-E-A-L-Y, E-A-L-Y, all caps to save $25 off of any ticket. Oh, okay. Well, yes. Promo code ELY, E-A-L-Y. There you go, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'll see you in June. Thank you, dear. All right. Well, here are my final thoughts. Mama Bears, you have such an incredibly special place in my heart. Like I said, to start the show, because my mom was a mama bear who told doctors, no, as hard as that can be, and as much pressure as they put on you, and as much bullying and shaming and fear tactics and all that nonsense, so many of you are so courageous and so strong to be able to tell those doctors who are violating their ethics, no, not with my child not for a pharmaceutical industry that's trying to profit off of injuring my child. No, no, no. So I want to let you know, I love you. And I'll be right there with you all the way through this fight until victory is ours. And I want to say thank you for all you do for us and for our children so beautifully, so selflessly, and so lovingly. Thank you for being who you are. And remember, everyone, our pathway to victory has four divine challenges for us all. Number one, to take no offense. Number two, to speak truth. Number three, to be selfless. And number four, to remain humble. May our creator shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. Next week, we will talk about cleansing and detoxification from an energetic health standpoint. We're going to start getting into the actual therapies that are bearing fruit when it comes to recovery from injuries and for long-term health as well. It's funny how they're one and the same. So until next week, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. And I say to you, aloha and adios.